He was a man without podcast spirit. What do you mean I don't have any podcast spirit? I'm a busy businessman in the big city. I don't have time for podcast spirit. But on a fateful trip home, everything changed. What do you mean I have to go to my grandfather's podcast farm all the way upstate? It's the day before the big meeting. There, he'd learn the spirit of podcasts. I think I'm a little old to believe in the Podcast Republic app, don't you think? But under his nose this whole time was the free solution to his problems. I don't care about the big meeting anymore. All I care about is you and me and favoriting my podcasts so they stream instantly to my device. This holiday season... Merry Podcast to all in the free Podcast Republic app! Available on the Google Play Store. Do you hear that, Andrew? Hear what, Trip? The the jingling of, of jingle bells. <laughs> the holiday season is upon us. And this holiday season, there's one important thing for you to do. Uh, get your letter to Santa? That, and then also... Hang the stockings by the chimney with care. Yes, also that. And then visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. And check out our rewards tiers to find the one that's right for you. It makes a great holiday gift to yourself. And who on your list is more important than you? What a great gift. And best wishes from Dissecting the 80s. At the $2 level, you get the monthly Bag of Soup Sentinel, which gives you a sneak peek at what's coming up. At the $5 level, you get a bonus episode on a quarterly basis. The $10 level, after 12 months, you get to pick an episode. There's an $88 level. You get a vinyl recording of the show. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and check out all the fine things. Happy holidays. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man who knows that if you're making a Christmas movie for the ABC Television Network, you better have a witch named Jezebel in it. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. I thought you were going to say you better call Dolly Parton, because I do know that fact. Yeah, indeed. Did you catch the name of the witch? Because I looked Jezebel. it up on IMDb, and it is... Okay, all right. Well, IMDb said Jezebel, but I never, I don't have any recollection of a character actually saying Well, because I thought, the first time someone calls her that, like at our introduction, I thought someone was just calling this woman a Jezebel, and I was like, that's a very Dolly Parton movie insult. Yes, agreed. But no, her name was just Jezebel in this very confusing, okay. weird movie. Yeah, no, it's it's very weird. So we're talking about Smoky Mountain Christmas, which is an ABC direct-to-television movie that aired in 1986. You can find the whole thing on YouTube. We always forget to say that at the top of the show. An American musical fantasy comedy film. Yeah, yeah. So I I had a picture in mind of what this movie was going to be before we started. What, what were you thinking as we, you know, fired so this one up? So I... This movie straddles the line between, like, children's fantasy and, like, Hallmark, you know big city goes to the small town feel and i thought yeah. it was just going to be the big city small town hallmark movie and then all of a sudden there yes. was this other fantasy magic i'm just gonna say it, it's magic there's magic in this movie <laughs> and it makes no sense there's literally magic in this movie yeah no i was like oh this magic. is just gonna be like you know big town like big town star realizes small towns better da, 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 da. christmas saves christmas yes yeah so i was thinking like 
Dolly became big playing someone who had gotten to be a huge star and then was like visited their hometown and discovered the real magic was there the whole time. Q and credits kissing a man in front of a Christmas tree. I, like very I was, straight My up. brain was like, oh, the town doesn't have any money. So she's going back to do a concert to raise money and that kind of, I, okay. my, I went there cause that's usually like where my, with Dolly Parton, that's where my brain goes like, oh, what funds yeah, is she yeah, raising yeah. this time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not that at all. It's extremely very weird. We watched a Smoky Mountain Christmas. You know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's Dolly Parton. Something's gotta be done about Dolly Parton. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. So we open this movie on, it's Dolly Parton, and she's shooting a music video. I wrote, this is a weird music video for a country song. And then the movie says the same thing two yeah. seconds later. <laughs> yes, which I appreciated. But also, it's like a country song in lyric, but it has like a beat. Yeah, it's like sort of rock and rolly. Yeah, but like also sort of hip hop. Yeah, I there were some hip hop elements like, to it, like 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 old school, you know, cool in the gang type beat. Uh, and she's not enjoying it. She's like, "This doesn't make any sense for this song. It's a country song, la la la," which all makes you know good sense. It's all smart things she's saying. And her agents like Dolly, baby, ninety days. We put out the album and we go home. You do whatever you want. Ninety days, you can do this. And I'm like. Well, this is a weird guy that she's hanging out yeah, with. Because there's a point when he's like, "Can I tell you what I? Can I tell you what I think you should do?" And she's like, "Please, that's part of your job." And I was like, "Oh, like they're friendly." And he's like, "Finish the album, then go on vacation." And I was like, "Oh, this exactly. is this is not the I don't know what relationship I'm supposed to think you have." Because later he fully figures out what happened, and the police are like, "No, you idiot! She's clearly been kidnapped." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie gets like is the it's buck like wildest. It's like an adult like, home every, alone with magic. But like every five minutes, some other th- big ridiculous thing would happen in the movie that I was like, "Oh wow, we're doing that!" Huh? Oh, we're doing that! Oh, we're doing that! And it never stopped doing that for me. Like, wait, I was I was expecting to not like this movie because it was going to be just like a boring, you know, pap Christmas movie. But like, I. I think I like it. I really genuinely have a hard time figuring out how to feel because it is just so crazy. I enjoyed watching it. It's just banana pants on your head. Yes. And the idea that this was the major motion picture movie of the week on ABC is crazy town. I mean, it's Dolly Parton and it's magic. So I guess that's kind of the... My problem is it needed... Plus Lee Majors, who's like, at the time, a big name. He was a $6 million man. Oh, yeah. He was very handsome. Um, I feel like the movie just needed to dip to either side of like is this homo is yes. this a hallmark movie or is this a magic movie instead yes. of trying to like go straight down the middle yeah it, it's it's a weird movie in that it totally has magic and that is just like not something that you normally have in a and movie not like even this. like oh, magic exists it's like uh, magic exists and there's a witch in town she's walking into the bar again Yes, everybody is so chill with the fact that there's a literal witch that lives in their town and sometimes comes down to mess with the sheriff. It's, and I, I was like, we aren't exploring anything that I want to explore right now. And the crazier thing, yeah. so the town doesn't care that there's a witch. 
But then the local legend that the kids talk about isn't about the hill witch. It's about the mysterious mountain man. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll get I'm to sorry. The, these I'm things. sorry. Let's, There's let's, so let's much. Get, it's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. I just We'll just get the train back on the tracks a little bit. So we meet Dan Hedaya. I think that's how you pronounce his name. People might know him as Cher's father in Clueless. Oh, that's how I know him. <laughs> Nothing brings me more joy than watching you realize the thing that I said is the is the thing for you. Like it's such. I, I figured you knew that already, and I could see as I was saying Cher's father from Clueless. Like as it was coming out of my mouth, your your brain started to connect and it was like like uh like one of those fast montage shots in uh edgar wright movie where it's like it's like no it's like when the police are doing the side by side trying to like match faces and it was like yes (laughs) positive identity yes Uh, he sounded so so familiar and he looked so familiar and i was like i know i know him from yes big time character actor has been in a ton of ton and ton and ton of things uh, but he plays like a sleazy paparazzo type, and he is on the trail of Dolly Parton trying to snap his pick of her and whatever. So he like gets a grappling we, hook and tries to climb up to her window, and then her her dogs yes. chase him. So he ends up knocking on her window, asking to be let in, and she just like does it. And my, I, if this happened to me, I would be pushing him off the ledge by yeah. the forehead. You know, what I'm I mean? grabbing, like, I'm oh, grabbing goodbye. a hatchet and just chopping at the at the rope. <laughs> down you go yeah 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 or yeah or i'm just gonna wait there and see what Mm -hmm. happens you can't hold on forever because you don't have that much upper body strength look at you you're you're dan hedaya like come on hedaya hedaya i'm gonna go with with it's probably wrong but i'm just gonna say hedaya i apologize if he's out there listening and And then after she lets him in he starts snapping pictures of her bedroom because she's in her room like in a bathroom yes and she's like would you knock it off and He's an absolute five. Goes to get her butler, I guess, but has to leave the room and leaves him alone. So he figures out that her plan is to sneak away. Yeah, because she had been on the phone with an old friend being like, hey, do you still have that cabin? I need to get away. I don't have any family left, which is like really kind of a huge bummer that they But they didn't dwell on it because I was like, it's so it's like been a while since her family has been gone. So we cut to Dolly driving this old pickup truck. Oh, you missed Chekhov's broken glass. Oh, As sorry. As she's yes. leaving, she like sw- she like turns, and her get the neck of her guitar case smashes into the um the glass door, like door of her like balcony. And I went, oh well, uh, people are gonna think she's kidnapped now, <laughs> even though <laughs> yep, the broken yep. glass would be on the outside of the window, which is a classic yeah, brain yes. teaser. Come on, watch CSI for once, jeez Louise, or read Encyclopedia Brown. Right? Yeah. So anyway, we, like I said, we're, we're driving on the highway with Dolly in a truck, and this sheriff pulls her over, and he is also a five-star I creeper. was disgusted. <laughs> He's, like, really hardcore hitting on her and being like, why don't you take them sunglasses off so I can see the eyes He reminds me them. of the and demons like, in the bad place that are like, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. Why don't you take off those sunglasses? <laughs> Show off your pretty eyes, toots. Yes. Yeah, see also, like, three-quarters of men everywhere. I know. Everywhere. Uh, uh, yeah, but he is, like, a world-class creep. Dolly gets she's away got her, from him. She's driving like, with, you know, with a headscarf on, a la Tippy Hedren and the Birds, <laughs> yes. by the way. <laughs> yes, it's so amazing. I'm glad to you To cover her big-ass, like, really fuck-off 80s hair. That's Oof. literally yes. her head and then an additional head of hair on t- literal head length of hair on top all around her hair, like, like a halo. It's beautiful. Yes. 
But this is like the wildest turn of the movie. There are many, but this is the one that I was like, I'm sorry, what's happening now? She drives away, and then we hear like a weird noise. Yeah, and it's a horse. And we turn, the camera turns, and we see this woman astride this horse start talking to the sheriff and being like, how dare you talk to another woman? Don't you know you're spoken for? And I'm like, wait, what? where did this woman come from on a horse? And it turns out she's an actual witch. She like, and her magic is never clearly defined. It is unlimited power that but she also, has. She is basically Thanos. She is Thanos, but also no one reacts. So I couldn't tell if she was actually casting spells or she was a crazy witch woman, like hill woman. Because <laughs> like, there's no like, there's no like lighting effect or like cheesy, you know, added in post lightning or like people being right. like, <gasps> or even just a the sound. There's nothing. So she just like talks in, in rhymes and then people are like, ah, that witch woman's at it again. And I was like, oh, is she just crazy? Yes. There's a scene later that takes place in a bar where she breaks a bunch of glass and the bartender, instead of being like furious, he's like, gotta stop using gotta glass. Start using pla- switch like, to plastic. Everyone, <laughs> everyone is so chill with the fact that a witch lives near their town and just like periodically decides to do evil. Like, is she snatching children? I, I, I don't know. It seems like the only thing she's interested in is the sheriff. And plot twist, but, no like, one else is. A... So I don't know why she's fighting so yes! hard. You're the only one in this race. I was waiting for a revelation where the sheriff basically made a deal with her that was, you get me elected as sheriff and I will be yours forever. Would have been better. Yes, yes. Because there's there's so much talk in this movie about like, oh, you got an election coming up. Oh, you're the sheriff, but maybe not for long. And I was I was waiting for the revelation that the Hill Witch and the sheriff were intrinsically linked because of whatever deal that nope, they No, she made. was just into him, I guess. So we get to the cabin and Dolly comes in and she's like, oh, squirrel stew. She thought of everything. And the bed's like made up. <laughs> and I was like, squirrel you know what? Stew? Good for you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not my first choice, but good for you, Dolly. Um, I also uh, was thinking, so part of the reason, so I, this, I don't know why this popped in my head with squirrel stew, but it did. So that's what we're going to talk about it. Uh, part of the reason we're doing this movie is because there's that new Dolly Parton influenced movie on Netflix. I'm sure she's in it. I haven't, we haven't watched it yet, but, uh, Dumpling, Dumpling, Dumplin', with an I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she did all the music for that. And so the know, new cover of Jolene like, oh, perfect time. is amazing. If you haven't heard it, it's on YouTube. Oh, nice. But I was thinking about how she is such a good songwriter that situations that she has certainly not experienced in her actual life. She writes good songs about it. I was having a conversation at work recently and someone was talking about, you know, the song that they put on if they're like having a tough time getting out of bed in the morning and like, you got to go to work and all that. And they were talking about, I don't remember what song they said it was, but I was like, Oh, for me, that's definitely, I was literally thinking, I was like, Oh, they said nine to five, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, she didn't. And, And she was like, wait, the Dolly Parton song. And I was like, yeah, she's like, are you making a joke? And I was like, no, it's a great song for when you don't feel like going to work. Like, it's the anthem of people who don't want to go to Literally. work. And she was like, yeah. And so she she thought that was really funny. But then it made me think, as I was you know pondering this later, she wrote this amazing anthem for the 9 to 5 work day. There's, like, no chance she ever worked a 9 to 5 job. And I'm not saying Dolly Parton didn't have jobs, because she certainly had jobs. I don't, yeah, I don't like believe no she ever was she... in an office. I know no she was way. really hooked, because she was, like dirt floor poor um right yeah i'm not saying she did i'm not trying to say like dolly parton never worked like she obviously worked and had jobs and did things but there's almost no way she worked a nine to five job like 
a traditional nine yeah, to five. I don't I don't believe so in my knowledge of Dolly's life. Well, I just she just became super successful in as like a teenager, twenty something. Like there, there just wasn't, wasn't time. A time for that. Yeah, so she was like, I'm sure she worked at a store or did a thing. Like, I'm not, again, but it's just amazing that, like, this song that is such a beautiful anthem for that type of job, especially if, like, you don't love your job, and it's like, oh, she she has, like, literally no experience from which to draw. I mean, not that, not that like, my boss is a jerk is all that, she like, played tough it on of the a movie theme screen. to get. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I don't well, know. Well, really Jolene is a combination of a woman she met a woman who came up to her at a meet and greet and a bank clerk. They're not really like Jolene oh. was the name of the woman who at, uh, came up to the meet and greet and she liked her name. And then the description of Jolene comes from a bank clerk at the bank. <laughs> okay. Cause like, I could totally see her writing a song about someone cheating on her or whatever. That's like a, you know, fairly universal life experience. So many of her songs that I know are pretty universal, but I just, it made me think it's like, Oh my gosh, there's no way she actually experienced yeah. this. Anyway, we're eating squirrel stew, and at this point, I'm like, Snow oh, White and it's the Seven Snow Dwarfs. White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yes. Like, the seven, uh, you know, orphan children come piling into the cabin, and it's like this bizarre mishmash of ages. Did you know? Did you catch, um, did you notice who the no. youngest girl was? Uh, the little sister from Monster Squad. Really? Who has to do the virgin thing, because the other girl turns out not to be a virgin. Spoiler. See our Monster Squad episode. episode for more I on didn't that catch that. Wonderful movie. Huh. Yeah, I recognized her voice, which is crazy town. Oh, she, she said a word that it, I really recognized. And I was like, who is this kid? And then I started looking up all the kids, and she was the only one that really acted much. Ashley Bank huh? is her name. Uh, we also get our first glimpse of these beautiful commercial cuts. Where yes. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's freeze really frame, great. and then it pulls out into a like Christmas frame, which pulls out even further into a page of a book. And then the book closes, mm-hmm. and we fade to black. And then yes. it fades back in, and the book opens on a new picture, and it zooms <laughs> yeah. into that picture, and we start again. And it was yeah so beautiful to see. But it doesn't do it at every break, which well, I thought very was so bizarre. weird. I, like, it made me want to see what commercials we would have seen with this kind of stuff. I would totally have watched the full two-plus-hour version of this with all the 80s commercials intact, for sure, yeah. for sure. Ladies, is your hair not right for your husband? Try Pantene. <laughs> um, so, at this point in my notes, I write, if this movie ends with Dolly adopting seven children, I'm going to lose my shit. Well, it does, but she doesn't do it alone. It's not like Dolly Parton, single mother, raises these children. It's like Dolly Parton, her new it's man, still and pretty... the paparazzi, who's now a good guy. The idea, Oh, you, th- you think that it's like a weird... I think they're. All, I mean, I think it's on. mainly Dolly and Mountain Man, but I think he's coming around like the fun yes. uncle. Like, let me take the kids to practice or whatever. <laughs> he gets a job as a paparazzo in whatever. Smoky are they staying Mountain there, or are they moving back to her place in LA? Uh, well, uh, well, so like Lee Majors. Speci- let's let's put a pin in that and let's bring that up at the end of the movie. It's let's, weird let, because we both enjoyed this movie and we're. It's so yeah, it's but over- I. We both enjoyed this movie, and it's so over the rails of us of a conversation already. Right, but I also don't know that I enjoyed it so much as I was bewildered by it in a, like amused fashion. I'm st- I'm not sure where I actually fall if I'm being 100 percent honest. Uh, Dolly is full on drag queen mode that we like. The Dolly you think of when you think of Dolly Parton that like is essentially a drag queen is in full effect in this movie. 
She's got giant hair at all times, perfectly coiffed. Her waist is cinched. She looks like she's padded. Like, it looks... She looks like a not a human, like a Barbie doll. Yeah, and I also wonder how she is making any of this happen in a shack with no running water, but that's beside the point. Oh, well, I didn't even think about the running water. They they didn't even show having one of those, like, pump things, like on a dock. Yeah, they never show a kitchen, so I can only they assume, show a stove. but it just doesn't seem... They do, but it's like a wood stove. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perfect for making stew. And warming your socks after the snow. Which, also, why is it always stew in these movies? Why is it anytime you come upon a small thing that's secluded, whether it's in the woods or in the snow or in the whatever, it's always stew. Like, none of these people are, like, eating, I don't know, anything else. It's always a stew. I think it's because it's, like, a hearty thing. It warms you up. It feels good on a cold day. Sure, sure. But, like, soup does that. I guess you, is soup in a movie is tougher to, to deal with because of Probably. all the Probably, uh, yeah, and also, like, it's runnier. With this, you just have to fill, fill a pot with a bunch of crap and then put a, enough liquid in yeah. it so it looks like there's water. I guess, yeah. No, I just always, uh, like, I was, even that Ewok movie we did, they were eating stew. Oh, that's right. I blocked that out. <laughs> it's like we're on a different, we're on a different planet entirely. Still, we get to a cabin, what's inside? Oh, a bunch of stew. A nice burbling pot of stew. <laughs> So we cut to, like, the kids are all doing their random chores for the house, and one of them has a rabbit, and Dolly's like, oh, let me skin that rabbit for you. And the older kid is, like, not having any of this Dolly Parton hanging out with us nonsense, and he's like, absolutely not. And she's she says something like, I learned to skin a rabbit so fast you'd think there was a zipper on it. Yes, yes. So he's, like, just not having it at all. So she on the spot writes up a song called look on the bright side and is like as she's singing this song she keeps calling out to him like hey are you listening to this this is for you look on the bright side life's gonna get better if you just hey you listening over here if you just gave up with what you're doing the song's for you (laughs) made it special just for what you might need i i would I don't know how I would handle myself if Dolly Parton just, like, on the spot wrote a song to help me with whatever problem I was currently dealing with. (laughs) But I just love – so earlier in the movie, she talked about how she was feeling like writer's block and couldn't get it. The minute she's at this cabin with these orphan children, she's just, like – she's literally on the spot writing a song. She's Maria from The Sounds of Music. She's like, oh, my guitar? Yes. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. If Dolly Parton sang Wonderwall in this movie, I would be so happy. In a way. Um, and then so this is where the kid starts screaming about Mountain Dan, who I was like, oh, it's this movie's rock salt neighbor slash pigeon lady. <laughs> Can we talk about, I just watched Home Alone. I'm sorry. This is a tangent. The first one? Can we talk about the the inefficient, yes, the inefficient matter with which this man is spreading salt on this sidewalk he has a 18-inch shovel and a 18-and-a-half-inch trash can. You cannot get an adequate amount of salt on this shovel. He dips that shovel an eighth of an inch into the salt bucket or trash can and then, like, sprinkles it. And the whole th- – he's like a kid with a fun dip. Like, if you're trying to salt a sidewalk, you need a bucket or a or a quart-sized container or, like, a large vessel in which to scoop it up and shake it out. He's putting sand down or salt down basically a single grain at a time. I never thought about that. I couldn't get over it. I was watching the movie with Mom and Dad, and I was like, wait a minute. Rewind this, please. What is he doing? Why is this the thing? Also, he lives in that neighborhood, right? That that yeah. rich ass neighborhood doesn't pay someone else yes. to come salt their sidewalks. <laughs> yeah, I I always got the impression that they were trying to say that like 
he bought his house like before the other people moved in. So like he's the last of the the non gentrified gotcha. homes. Okay. He doesn't have marble columns. No, he has just like a nice house that he, you know, worked really hard for at a factory and then like all these rich assholes moved in with their tech jobs or whatever the hell and just <laughs> squeezed out all of his neighbors, but he's like, I'm gonna die in this house, you sons of bitches. And then it became Monster House. Yes. And we get another instance of so, Santa doesn't raise the raise the dead kid. Well, <laughs> I loved how they go around the room and is like, what is everybody wishing for this Christmas? And every single one of these kids has a Santa. No, no, that, that's what she like, said. She said, what ones... would you like? Let's pretend we're at the North Pole. What would you want to do? It was, oh, it was Santa specific. I thought it was, what would you ask Santa for? And I like all, I was like, wait, why do all these kids have such specific Santa centric? No, the wishes? question was, let's pretend, let's because they saw Mountain Dan and freaked out, and she was like, well, let's pretend we're at the North Pole. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. would you want to do if you were there? And they're all like, feed the reindeer, meet Mrs. Claus, ride the sleigh. And the one girl goes, say Merry Christmas to my mom. Yeah, that's the Monster Squad yeah. girl. I, but mostly I was wondering how all of these orphan kids still managed to believe in Santa, given the fact that, like, they probably got a hard lesson in there, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah, I'm, although I... Uh, yeah, because the orphanage didn't. The orphanage owners didn't like children, so there's no way they were keeping that magic alive. Right. It's it's. it's we cut back to that uh that one magic Christmas moment where they're like, "Hey, poor girl, is Santa gonna visit you this year?" Right. And you're just like, "This is true evil in child." That's not form. the Santa hashtag. Not my Santa. Yeah. So Dolly starts singing a Santa-related song, and this is my favorite of the songs in the movie because the kids start singing along, but they cut to clearly a studio version of this with like a children's choir uh-huh. in the backing uh-huh. vocal so it's it's these seven children somehow sound like 42 kids and I, I liked the songs in this movie because they were all like maybe a minute long at the most and they're mm-hmm. sweet and mm-hmm. cute and they're in and out and they get the job done and that's it they're almost like the songs in forgetting sarah marshall oh yeah where they're practically jingles. Say, they're basically you know, hit clips. it's just it's yeah a verse and a chorus hit clips oh man what a terrible idea. Right? Did you want to listen to a tinny 30 seconds of your favorite song through one headphone? And each of the songs cost like several dollars. It's each of the parts of songs. The 90s. Right, right. So one of the kids is sick and Dolly's like... Yeah, the coughing kid climbs right into bed and I'm like, my first... Yeah, she coughs like in I her mouth. I was just in Disney and every time a child <laughs> coughed near me, I was like... <sighs> I did the like white suburban mom sigh. <laughs> this kid coughs in her mouth, like into her <laughs> mouth, and she's like, "Oh, your your cold's still going on." So they take they, she takes her into town to see the doctor, who's also a vet. And I realize, like, this is what they do in mafia movies. So maybe these kids just have like like the the mafia movies. Whenever someone needs to get like a bullet taken out, they go to a veterinarian. Oh. Because it's like you can do this work, but you'll keep it on the hush hush. Here's a pile of money. And all I could think about was these orphan kids, like, so dedicated to keeping up this ruse that they go to a veterinarian's <laughs> office is like, hey, horse horse drugs, are the, they, they, like, find a stray cat, and they're like, she's got a bad cough. <laughs> she, we need cat medicine. They smack it, it coughs. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's not doing it now, but it was doing it earlier. Can we get some cat cough medicine? It reminded me of the, um, the doctor situation in Trial and Error. Trial and Error? Yeah, that show on NBC. So the kids don't want Dolly to take the little girl to the doctor because I guess they assume the doctor will ask questions and realize she's an orphan and take her away. And I don't know what yeah. exactly Dolly's plan was, but I was like, I guess she could just be like, hey, I'm passing through town with my daughter. She's sick. 
That's exactly what she says. Um, and so she's like, okay, cool. And he gives her a prescription and they leave. I guess in the 80s, no one needed to see ID because she makes up a fake name. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to necessarily show a copy of your ID if you're not under arrest. To, a, to a doctor? Thing, but That's oh, what I mean, like doctor. at the doctor's Sorry, office. Sorry, I thought you were talking no, about no, the At the doctor's still. office, I feel like at one point they'd be like, all right, so can I see some identification woman with a child that we've never seen before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the doctor slash veterinarian being like, around here you go broke if you only treated the two-legged people. And I was like, that is surely not true. Then I guess there are more cow than people. And so my joke about small towns stands. Yeah. But also, like, gotta be gotta be two different people for these two different yeah. jobs. This man did not go to both veterinary school and doctor And school. fight in a war. Yeah. Too many things that this man's claiming to So have as they're leaving, Dolly's like, I heard it's good luck to rub Santa's beard. And my brain went like a like a mall Santa? Like a like a Santa like a Santa who asked you <laughs> for Christmas? This is weird. <laughs> I haven't heard that, Dolly. And so <laughs> she like puts the girl up in the sleigh, and it's a, like a like a fake like a body Santa, like a how like a like a Santa animatronic. But how would you describe yeah. it? Yeah, I'm feel like it's a Santa decoration. Sure, a Santa decoration. And so the girl rubs her beard, and the cops like that little girl wasn't with you when you came into town. And she's yeah. like, uh, she was asleep in the back. It's cool. It's all good. And he's like, you look mighty familiar. And it's just the most uncomfortable interaction an adult man has had yeah, with a, he, like I said, with a little girl on camera. He's a five yeah. star creep. Yeah, he's a five star creep. That's like I said, he's a five star. Creep. And this is where I started to get confused because I was under the impression that this was like Dolly's hometown, kinda, or like the neighboring yes. town, and yet not a right. damn person in this town knows who she is. I, I I also thought it was that, but I think the whole point of it was that it wasn't that. She wanted to like get away, so it's this remote cabin that her friend's family Okay. Had. But even still, I think it's bizarre that no one in this small town knows who she is when she the idea like that we were presented with is that she is that she's basically Dolly Parton. Like she is at that level right, of stardom. She's a huge star. Yes. Yeah, I don't get it at all. Um it's it's really a bizarre choice. But I guess like otherwise it would be a problem for the movie. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think they they probably just should have made her a less big star. Yeah. yeah she's like up and coming yeah. or something like that. So we go to the bar and the sheriff's deputy is like trying to convince him to put Christmas overlay on the police lights and just like drive around to give people the Christmas spirit, which is a weird Which dumb to me thing. is like the epitome of small town. There's no crime here. Yes. Like we don't need to have both of you working at the same time type thing. Yeah, small exactly. Town. So this witch shows up while they're mid-conversation, and she, all the glasses in the bar tilt to, like, a 45-degree angle while she's in there, which is really just totally I realize strange. she kind of reminds me of Madam Satan from the new Sabrina show on Netflix. I like, guess with, so. Yeah, she got the I big hair that. and everything, and she walks in, and once again, nobody cares that there is literal magic being done in front of them by an actual textbook witch. They seem bored by it. They're like, ugh. Here comes Jezebel again. Better, better hold on to your glasses. She's going to break they, them they all. They act as though it's like a child being like, you want to see my tap dance routine? And then yes. just does it's it. It's crazy. Like, I wish I lived yeah. in a town like that where magic was so commonplace. It was just like, Ugh, let me pick up my my friggin' eggs Benedict so she doesn't flip the plane. Right. 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 It's totally bizarre. So like I said before, she breaks all the glasses. The bartender's like... Guess I gotta switch to plastic. We cut to the house, the cabin rather, and Dolly and the kids are like decorating for Christmas. And Dolly likes the kids, and the kids like Dolly, and it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. 
Yep, and we get another song here, the snippet. Yeah. And she's playing the guitar with these, like, inch and a half nails. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous looking. Uh, cut to nighttime, and the witch shows up and starts, like, whispering her name outside the house. This was another moment where, like, the magic didn't make sense. I was like, what is Dolly seeing that, like, makes her want to go? It right. should have been, like, the witch should have, like, transformed into Dolly's mom or something, or... Or, you know, her manager or one of the kids. Like, there should have been yes. a physical change so that Dolly would make sense when she's following her. Yeah, absolutely. But she gets hypnotized and almost falls off a cliff. And, and then Lee Major shows up and, like, shakes her away. Yeah, he, like, scoops her up her and takes her back cabin. to his camp. And he's like, I know who you are. Also, drink this tea. Yeah. And then she starts going on and on about, like, oh, yeah, my crazy grandmother believed in witches. She used to wear a necklace. And he's like, oh, sorry. Uh, she used to wear a necklace to ward them off, and he's like, you mean like this one? She's like, oh, you're an idiot too, huh? And it's like, wow, this interaction is real weird all of a sudden. I guess Dolly's from the big city now. She doesn't believe in the magic that everyone else believes in anymore. Yeah, and can we can we also pause to say the idea that liking Christmas is ex- exclusively the domain of people who live in towns with populations below 600 is just the most asinine thing to me. I'm not trying to yuck other people's yum. I just don't. I do well, not understand why that is about. No, I know. I just this is about the the Hallmark oh. thing. I just it occurred to me that like it's just such an odd choice. This movie is not that, but that's why yeah, it I is a it weird choice, especially when you consider that like New York City is a Christmas time destination for you know Christmas themed entertainment and Christmas the big Christmas tree and window shop and right. the window displays at Christmas time and ice skating. Right. Right. Anyway, uh, so Lee Majors takes her back to her cabin, and uh, meanwhile, Dan Hedaya is like trying to hunt her down, and she, I, I, there's like a weird interaction with the witch and Dan Hedaya that's kind of just like utterly bizarre. He gets kind of like lost in the woods here. Yeah, because the the bartender's like, "Here's a pillow to ride the donkey up the mountain." So they go like you know have their little tete a tete. Meanwhile, it's like a day or two later, Lee Major shows up at the cabin and the kids hold him at gunpoint while they make him empty his bag, which all he has in there the is a cake. The littlest girl is giving the like, orders, like, you come in slowly, mister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really a hoot. It's like in a video uh, game where you enter like, like a hostile town and they're like, hey, you should empty all your weapons into this box here. Press Y. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, well, this is surely going to be a, a problem for me in three minutes when someone tries to kill me, but okay. Uh, meanwhile, he's just like slowly pulling out this wrapped package. and uh, I thought it was presents for I the kids, too. but it's a fruitcake. Yeah, it's a it's a fruitcake baked in a bunt pan, which is like, really, Lee Majors, in your little tiny cabin, you have a bunt I pan? I don't remember That's seeing him in a cabin. I remember seeing him at a campfire. Oh, you're right. They are sitting around a campfire. So he just throws yeah, that over the campfire. So where did campfire. he bake this cake? <laughs> he baked a cake in a bunt pan at a campfire. He's really he went and a bought a pan of Tony. <laughs> um, I also don't know what day it is. I, I don't know if it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or the week before Christmas Eve because there's not been any title cards to like tell me what day it is, which would have been helpful. Yeah, it, it really kind of drops the ball on all of that stuff. So Lee Majors gets a little, like, close with the kid. He's like, oh, let me show you a better not there, kiddo, and, you know, stuff like that. And um, the kid's still not having it, but he lets Lee show him, like, a trick. And it seems like he makes a not yo-yo. Yeah, it's weird. The kid is, like, 
throwing it up and down out of his hand. It's a very odd thing. And now the kid, and that makes the kid likely majors. Yeah, of course. Um, the paparazzi man starts asking around and finds Lee Majors. I guess Lee Majors does live in a cabin because we see him in a cabin. Yes, here. this is he has the stew. This is <laughs> Lee Majors has the stew. It's his yes. turn for stew. There's just also yeah, it's just a different stew, but yes. Because uh, the paparazzi is like, hey, you seen this woman? And he's like, nope, don't know her. You probably should stop looking for her. Maybe she doesn't want to be found. Maybe she wants to be left alone. Yeah. Maybe you're a monster. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like his the cut of his I gym. do too. And this is where the this is where I was realized the paparazzi has not been as important as I thought he would be. Like Yeah, I thought he was gonna be like the linchpin. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, maybe the witch is gonna be, but then she isn't either. I was like, maybe this like there isn't one central bad guy. They like spread it out over three or four people and didn't give any of them enough screen time. Right. It's yeah, well, he also turns and becomes a, like part of the good guy team relatively early in the movie and as well. So it's like a weird kind mishmash. of without warning. It just kind of happens, or he's like, "Well, I'm on your side now. Let's get going." Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, and this his turn is like yeah, very. And this quick. is where the kids are like, "We decided we want to live with you forever." And Dolly's like, "That's great, but there are legal procedures in place with for this kind of thing." Yeah, she's like, I can't just like do that. That's not that's not how any of this. And the works. kids are like, We knew you'd abandon us. We're out of here, lady. And I was like, yeah. Well, no, like kids, she's right. Like you don't just decide <laughs> that, and the world says yeah, it's okay. It's, You're children. It's not. It's it's not a lie. It's the truth. She can't just do that. And then the sheriff somehow is able to come arrest the children. Yeah, it's really very weird that he's arresting them. Although they do take the kids to the the evil uh, boarding house for, for wayward teens or it's, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's a children's home run by two women who hate children, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a classic kids movie deal, though. You know? Yeah, I guess you're right. Like Miss Trunchbull. My the other problem that I have with this is the young deputy cop is hauling one of these kids out of the out of the house, and he's like, "What we have here is a failure to communicate." And I'm like, "Why are you quoting Cool Hand Luke at this child? And why are you quoting Cool Hand Luke at a different movie?" Yeah, it's very bizarre. Cause yeah, I, and then so um, when Dolly like stands in the way and like gently brushes one of the cops, the sheriff is like, "Are you assaulting an officer? I get it'll be, it'll be a pleasure to take you in." And I was just, and then she punches him in the gut. It's yeah, I awesome. Was, I want because I was like, "Oh, Dolly, why didn't you hit him here?" It's because she saved it to hit him before she gets in the car, so the kids yeah. can see. Um, we get a poison apple pie because yep. this is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, kind of. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. The sheriff tries once again to uh, assault Dolly Parton, and then. He 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 brings a jug of moonshine and some cups into her cell as if it's going to be like a romantic rendezvous. He walks in the room and she literally pulls the two cots together to form a barrier so he can't come any closer. Yes. Yes, she's the best. Um and then the um, the witch woman is disguised as an old lady because this is Snow White. Yep. To deliver a poison apple pie to Dolly Parton. And I was like, I don't understand why we didn't lean into this Snow White thing more. Like, it didn't connect right. enough to any point that it tried to make. And that's what bums me out. Right. Like, just do Snow White and the Seven Dollies. It's fine. Like, that's a totally fine movie. Well, hang on. Then who's Snow White if there's the Seven Dollies? Also Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton plays all the parts. <laughs> I really want to see that where Dolly's the witch, too. <laughs> yeah. She, Magic the witch can be the someone wall. else. No, the the witch needs to be either Lily Tomlin or Jane Fonda. <laughs> well, then who's the other one going to be? 
the 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 savior person. Oh, like Snow the White. prince character. That's gotta be Lily yeah. Tomlin. Well, I, I mean, it doesn't need to be a prince. Well, no, but I mean, like, I feel like Lily Tom would be the one to subvert the trope of like a man oh, comes yeah, to sure. save you. Jane Fonda would rather play. Oh, hundred percent. That's the much would. more fun role to play. <laughs> like, that's much more what she would want to do. Uh, a weird sidebar you, you can delete if you want. Uh, on the flight home from my trip to Disney, the gentleman next to me, I plugged because it was the flights were well, the new flights where you they, they, you can watch. You, they have options. You can watch whatever you want. So I plug my headphones in and I'm watching a thing and I watch him fiddle with this. It's an older gentleman fiddle with this touchscreen until he picks Jane Fonda in five acts, which is an HBO series about Jane Fonda's life. Uh And he proceeds to watch it without subtitles and without headphones for the two and a half hour (laughs) flight. Here's the question. Was he a huge Jane Fonda hater or a huge Jane Fonda fan? I think a fan, because it didn't seem like it was like a huffy kind of thing. Because there, there is like still a whole lot of people mad at Jane Fonda about being against the Vietnam War. Like, still. That was covered in this documentary. I looked over and saw part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. But it is like still something people are upset I thought about. we all it's kind very of agreed that the Vietnam War wasn't a good thing at this point regardless of your feelings about the war it was a long ass time ago why do you still feel betrayed it by 60 years ago this get point. over it right yeah like get no 70s oh okay so 40 40 to 50 <laughs> yeah but yeah that i was just like uh, so confused by this gentleman watching a five hour jane fonda documentary <laughs> on a on a two hour flight on a two you. and a half hour flight with no <laughs> subtitles and no headphones so he was just watching it was bizarre <laughs> maybe he's like an alien and he just like thought that you had to, to put something on the screen you men in black you, you got men in I black did. uh so dolly eats the pie and i totally thought she wasn't i was like is this really this what this movie is gonna is this movie just gonna become snow white yeah no it's like the, there's a payoff for the snow white thing shortly that i was like oh man this is actually snow white except yeah. that it wasn't so yeah dolly falls dolly eats the pie and falls asleep and the wish disappears Mountain Man shows up with the oldest kid. Wait, hold on. So this witch shows up with a whole pie, and I really need to talk about this for a minute, because it's like, she shows up, and she's like, here, I brought you some silverware to eat this pie with. But it's not like plates. It's like a knife and a fork and a spoon and a napkin. And then she has a whole pie, and she's can't figure out how to put it through the bars, which is definitely a problem that they figured out on the set and had to deal with. Because they, like, vertically lift, they go to, like, a vertical tilt on the pie to put it through the bars. And the whole time, I'm like, if this was an actual pie and not a movie prop, it would just splort out of this pan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's, like, because it's not, like, a sealed, if it was a fully sealed pie, I'd give it to you. But it's, like, barely got a lattice. It's not even, it doesn't even have lattice work on top. Right. It just has some, like, a pastry decoration on top. Exactly. And, like, I've seen Dolly Parton. She is not a woman who is eating a whole pie, right? Like, this <laughs> no, is not, not a, that I'm aware of. Yeah, like, this is, like, a sad person in jail's snack, probably. But for Dolly Parton, this or is last ridiculous. meal. Yeah, but for Dolly Parton, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you bring her a slice. Well, I'm just saying, like, you, cut, you cut her a slice, and, like, you hand the plate through the bars, and then you put the slice on the pie server through the bars onto her plate you're not handing her a whole ass pie i agree with that 
She's just going to sit um, in her jail cell and crush a whole pie. Like, come on. This is not me. I would. This is not me on an average Tuesday. This is Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way Dolly with that waist that we've seen no. is putting away a whole no. pie. But so, she takes a bite and yeah. instantly falls asleep like an angel. And this is where the mountain man's horse is, like, fired up with, like, nitro, like nitro boost. Yes. Because he, he hooks the... The grappling hook from earlier to the bars of the of the jail window, and then like h- ties it to his horse, and he's like, "Hoof it!" And I'm thinking, "Oh, they're gonna pull off a bar, and he's gonna like they're gonna shimmy the kid through or whatever." No, the horse pulls down the wall yes! with the window attached. Yes, I thought the the bars were gonna pop out of the thing, but no, it's just it's like yeah, like a Lego over the top ridiculous. And so they all climb in. They see Dolly Parton there asleep. And this is where they all make the connection that it is Snow White, which weirded me out that people could make that connection in the movie that is Snow White. And he's like, I got it. And he kisses her. And he's like, didn't work. I'm out of options. And uh, the he actually says, go ahead, Prince Charming. The Dan yeah. Hedaya says it to him. And then the, the sad orphan boy is like, Miss Dolly Parton, I sure sure wish you would be my mama. And she like flutters awake and is like, "No, he, tr- you know, it's a healing tear. Because when kisses <laughs> oh, don't work, it's always a healing." tear. I missed that part. Okay, so he cries. Yeah, he on like her. his tear falls like right onto her cheek, <laughs> and it wakes her up. I totally missed that. Oh yeah, and so they go to escape, and the witch shows up again. And Dolly just, and, like, stands there, mean, like, knowing this woman is a real witch who put her to sleep with a poison pie, just stands there and is like, not today, witch. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I'm going to dispel you with the power of song. I wish it had been the power of song, because instead she tricks the witch, because she's like... She Tom Sawyer's her. Like, you're white. Like, your magic isn't strong enough, white witch. And she's like, well, I guess yours wasn't either, because I'm awake. And <laughs> yeah. I was like... <laughs> Dolly's just shading this actual witch. Yes, yes. And there's nothing to stop this. Like, we don't know that this witch can't just, like, lightning bolt from her fingertips kill Dolly Parton. Or turn her into a frog or, like, any number of evil things. Just stop her heart cold. Would this movie have been better if the witch was played by Stevie Nicks? <laughs> I mean, yes. But here's my question Would this movie have been better if the turn that happened right now was we discover that Dolly Parton is also a witch? I would. I kind. I thought it was coming. Basically, like the the pie awakened her abilities. Yeah, she was like, "I've been hiding it this whole time." Zap, zap, zap. Oh, I was thinking she more pulled, like she didn't even know it, but now it's like, wait a oh, minute, the see, power is she, in like, me. Grabs, I'm picturing she like grabs the neck of her guitar and pulls it off, and there's a a wand hidden in there, like Malfoy's walking stick. <laughs> like the part with the tuning thing uh-huh. this is just the handle for uh-huh, her wand. Uh-huh. I dig it. I dig it. I'm into that. So she Tom Sawyer's the witch instead, which is the stupidest. Because she talks for like three full minutes about how good this pie was. She's like, I said this pie was so good. I tell it, didn't I say it, boys? I said it, boys. <laughs> and Dan Hedaya's like, like, she won't shut up about it, which I really, it's light reading there. It's really good. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. And she's like, so if I'm going to die, I want to try this pie one last time. I guess you're too stupid to have made this pie work right. But what did you put in it? Because I guess you're too dumb to have put it right. And (laughs) And the witch is like, just shut up and give me this pie. And meanwhile, cut to three minutes ago, Dolly took a bite of this pie and was like, it's so bitter. And then she was like, (laughs) Like, the witch forgot that? (laughs) (laughs) The witch forgot that part, I guess. She did, because the witch takes a bite and instantly 
So it's supposed to put you to sleep because this is Snow White. Right. The witch looks like she dies. Yes. Because she has like claw hands like that scene in Haunting of Hill House, the original. Is it that one or the other one? You're talking about the house on Haunted Hill with... That one. With, uh, like he, There's that scary woman who looks like this yeah, and yes. glides out of the room. Yes, the Vincent Price movie from the 50s. Yes. Yes. She has like these claw... Her hands are clawed out and she's like, I'll get you when I wake up. And then collapses. No, but her Dolly, hands are still Dolly says, like that. Dolly says, "That's gonna be a long time." Now let me help you sit down and like lays her body into the mattress as she conks out. It's amazing. oh no, she said. I remember she says, "When I wake up, she's like, we'll both be old and gray. Yeah. Let's get you seated." <laughs> yes, she like just totally lays it down her her corpse at that point. It's ridiculous. And they leave while the woman still has claw. Because I was waiting for the hands to collapse and the woman to be like, yeah, yeah, no, but no. They stay, they stay solid. She has rigor mortis. And by claw hands, you mean that they're like, like human hands in a clawed state, not that her hands yes, became I, claws. I know. I'm just clarifying for the people who are listening to this and probably haven't watched this movie. They're like in a claw shape, not that her hands became literal well, claws. I guess considering the movie picture that we've painted, anything could have happened. Exactly. Magic. Exactly. So they go also, to save wait, wait, the wait, 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 no. Then the sheriff shows up with the deputy. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. The sheriff comes in and his deputy is just sitting there in the jail cell looking like, I don't, I can't explain what's happened in this room right now. Yes. There's a pie on the floor. The The town witch is asleep on a cot in uh-huh. Dolly Parton. The wall is missing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know where to start And there's a horse reports. just chilling outside next to this wall. Like, what report should I write first? Yes. This is going to be a tough one to categorize. So they walk. So the sheriff comes in and he's like, ah, Dolly escaped. But she's going to the orphanage. And it's like, hey, that's what we're going to focus on right now. He also says, whatever you do, don't wake that woman up. So they're just going to leave the witch asleep in the jail cell. Well, wouldn't you? She terrorizes the bar. I just mean, like, is the follow up to this the part where they disappear her? Because that's what I think. No, where the witch wakes up. And goes after Dolly and the kids. Well, but that's I, the sequel. But it's I a think, Halloween special. I think the sheriff like tries to bury her alive. Oh, to get I'm, out I of this. That. I'm, here for, I'm yeah. here for that. He just like digs a big hole and fills it in. I don't know where she went, everybody, but she's gone. <laughs> so yes, now they go to the evil lady's boarding house for children, and they try to break the kids out. And so they're like, they had sent Dan Hedaya in there as a social worker, and they saw right through him but he was still able to figure out all the information and they send him back again so when he goes back a second time they're like what are you doing back here you're fake and he's like yeah but dolly parton's here and she wants to give the kids some christmas cheer and they're at this point they're like oh okay that seems fine even though just like minutes ago you tried to break in here and so they're like fine we'll let you see the children one at a time and i was like that's a weird stipulation yes for non-suspicious people. And I guess they knew the children would just overwhelm them with their power of seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, so do you think there's other kids in this orphanage? No. Okay, because I was like, I guess these kids left and the ladies were like, oh, thank God, we don't have to do any work. <laughs> no, but I think they, like, want the money from keeping them around. Oh, that's true. Um, So they go upstairs. So while Dolly and um Mountain Dan distract the the older ladies with one of the kids dan hedaya and the oldest child go upstairs and they find where the kids are are being locked in a room like what if there's a fire yes they're dead they're just they're dead tiny tiny charred children and so 
they overpower Mountain Dan overpowers both of these older women with like one hand. He's just like scoop. Yeah, he grabs them both from behind in like a bear hug and sits down holding them in his lap and is like, "Tell Santa what you wish for." It's a real good. It's a it's a great like Batman pun moment. So they unlock the door, let the kids out, throw the women inside, and lock the door again. And they're like deuces, and they all pile in Santa's sleigh to drive away. And the sheriff stops them, and I guess decides that this has to be put on trial tonight. Yes, it's a real so kangaroo w- court situation. He wakes up Judge John Ritter. At like <laughs> That's literally 4 what I called him. <laughs> I mean, of course, that's who it is, but just, it was funny that literally I was like, Judge John Ritter, hey bud, how you doing? He's like, it's 4am, and I don't know why the hell I'm, he, what, why am I here, guys? He's mad at everyone. And so, of course he doesn't give a shit about this trial, you sheriff. It's 4am, and this trial doesn't mean anything, so he's like- It's 4am on Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas Day now, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is specifically Christmas Day. Like, I have three more bikes to put together at home. What am I doing here? <laughs> Molly Monahan's not going to be riding anything if I don't get over there. <laughs> Look, the more important trial is the trial of Mary Steenberg in the next town over, and I have to go preside over that case. If you haven't heard our One Magic Christmas episode, I highly encourage you. It's one of my all-time favorites. And don't trust the box art for One Magic no, Christmas that Disney no. has on their website. Because they sell the movie still on their shop Disney website. Yeah, of course they do. So, it turns out Lee Majors is a lawyer, and he, like, the reason he became a mountain man is, like, just to get away from big city lawyer in life, and so he's just, like, he knows the law, and that the sleigh doesn't count as Grand Theft Auto. Which is probably why he agreed to take it, but that wasn't really clear. Right. And so, Dolly's like, I would like to, I'd like to grant a custody of these children, and he's like, okay, cool, but these are, like, seven kids? Yeah. And you're one woman? Yes. Uh... Are we sure we're doing this? And then all the kids one by one step up to say how, like, she's the best mom in the whole world. And I don't want to be a dick here, but these are not the appropriate people to ask this question of. No, not at all. They do not have. what. They don't have a reference point. Exactly. (laughs) But then also he, like, slaps, he verbally bitch slaps this sheriff to the point where he's like, now, why don't you show these poor little orphans how a good sheriff sits down? That's right. Sit down. Go ahead. You can do it. And it was like really it gets mean. real weird, like dominatrix. Yes. Yes. Like dog hands. It's a little kinky. And I was like, what's happening here? What do you two do on the weekends? So John Ritter appoints Dolly the mother and that the, the orphanage is going to shut down because those women shouldn't be running an orphanage. Of course not. And I can't tell if the women are relieved or offended. They, uh, I can't tell either. Like they, they seem relieved at not having to do this anymore, but also, like... Offended at the implication that they shouldn't be running an orphanage. Right, right. Like, how dare you impute Which they us. shouldn't be. Right, no, they're evil. And then also Dan Hedaya chimes in on this whole, like, everyone's like, oh, here's why Dolly should have the kids, and, and Lee Majors gets in on it. And then Dan is like, they also got a new uncle. And I'm like, no, wait a second here. <laughs> now wait a second. Wait a second here. Are you moving to this town? What is the situation going to be with these children? Like... This would be the equivalent I of... I assumed they were going to go live in Dolly's mansion but in like, L.A. The, this is the equivalent of if Ariana Grande was like... Okay, I'm on board. I went home for Christmas. I discovered seven orphan children. I'm marrying a man I met in the woods while I was home for Christmas. 
immediately. Oh, and also I have seven kids now. Like, people will be losing their minds. But apparently people don't know who the hell Dolly Parton's character is in this movie. Well, so is it like Ariana Grande? I, I think so. I think this is just a small backwoods town where they're like, who? Ariana what? Is that some kind of coffee drink? How dare you? Thank you, next is a bop and an anthem. <laughs> so anyway, we have a big like Christmas ending. Like They, they sing songs and they're happy and then they take like a group they Christmas photo. For, they decorate for Christmas. And you almost said Halloween. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I love Halloween. So yeah, I... Would you recommend this? I want. I'm very curious. What I would is. because it's so banana pants. Okay, like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, and it's not completely thought through. No, but it is enjoyable. Like it's not bad. I, it's just weird. I think this is much like the other times where it's like, well, we skated by on Dolly Parton's charm again. Like she's a very yeah. charming woman, and that's what it is. I, this is by far the worst of the Dolly Parton things we've watched. Well, what we only watched nine to five. What was the other one? Oh yes, we no, did. We Bert, watched- Bert Reynolds. One well, uh, best little whorehouse. Oh, Texas. best like, little come whorehouse. Come on, get out of here. You're right. I liked. I like. I genuinely well, like both. My of brain this. went to Steel Magnolias. I was like, we have not watched Steel Magnolias <laughs> yet. No, no, no. Best little whorehouse. I, I, she is great in both of those things. She's very charming here, but this movie is just like ridiculously weird. It's such a bizarre. I would movie. agree that this is the worst of the three Dolly movies we watched. Yeah, I, I guess if you're really looking for like bananas, crazy Christmas, this will do it for you. But it is truly bizarre and really not very good. See, for me, the bizarreness is what makes it good. Yeah, I think like, that's I, what like I find fun and enjoyable. I think a lot of my friends would be like, "Why are you making me watch this?" <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was uh, Smoky Mountain Christmas, starring the one and only Miss Dolly Parton. Uh, God bless Dolly. Yeah, I I just recently watched a video of her lighting the tree at Dollywood for the holiday season this year, and they had her come out and like do like a five, four, three, two, one, turn the tree on. But the way they had it set up where like she was facing the tree. So everyone in the crowd is looking at Dolly with their backs to the tree. And she's like, mm-hmm. three, two, one. Happy holidays. Blah, blah, blah. And no one turns around because of course they're all looking at Dolly Parton. And so she has to be like, everybody look at the tree. Look at the tree. <laughs> and it's just, oh, I have to it's, watch this video. It's so, it's like, Whoever set this up was smart in that they were like, we can't have Dolly Parton like walk through a crowd of people, turn it on, and then walk back out. Like she needs to like open a door, come out, and go back through a door when she's done. Very smart. But the way that it's set up is such that like normally when someone likes the Christmas tree, they're standing in front they're of next it. Next to the Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah, exactly. So it's like three, two, one, boom, hey, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. So yeah, it's really, really a hoot. She's also wearing this like incredible skin tight silver and fur thing that's just like a hoot. I love her wardrobe so much. Yes. So I recommend that in addition, or more than this movie, probably. Um, I re- she's in. Um, she was interviewed for Life magazine, People mag, some magazine that my job gets for the front air- front office area for the front area. Yeah. Where she talks about how she uh, wakes up at three a.m. almost every day. Wow. Yeah. She's like, I sleep maybe four or five hours a night. I can sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> She's like, I just, I, I, there's too much to do, the too much that I want to get done. Hey, I mean, I respect it. She's an incredibly hardworking person. I would never do oh, that. Oh, she is. And she's like, yeah, me and my husband, like, she's like, there's no photos of me and my husband that exist. That's entirely by design. We occasionally will have picnics in the woods by our house. Yeah, no, she seems to be truly living her best life. She was just on, like, one of the talk shows talking about her husband and making, like, for an old person, a little bit off-color sexy jokes that were pretty funny. <laughs> um... 
yeah, anyway, she's great. This movie, I'm not sure I agree with that. But anyway, thank you all so much for listening to the show. If you want to get more of us, we're at DissectTheEighties.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, uh, at DissectTheEighties on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from listeners out there. If anyone represents Dollywood, hey. Yeah, we would we'll love. Make a video. We would I will love. We'll come visit and do a whole video. Yeah. We we've this is now our third Dolly Parton thing. Uh, if you represent Dolly or Dollywood, we can do like a special episode from Dollywood. That would be a hoot. A we, media event. Yeah, Go down. yeah. So invite us to that, and uh, uh, we would love to come celebrate in your park. Uh, it's a pretty far drive from us for us, but we'll make it happen. So uh, yeah, get at us if you know someone at Dollywood. Get us in touch. Uh, find more of the show at Dissecting the Eighties uh, on Facebook and uh, Dissect the Eighties on Twitter. Uh, please review the show if you haven't done that. That's a really easy way to help us spread the word. And, of course, uh, if you want more of us, it's patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. If you, if you pledge at least $5, uh, you will get two episodes immediately. We have two of them up there that comes out quarterly, and there's a bunch of, whole bunch of other fun stuff. So we'd love to see you join us there and celebrate all of that. We will return on New Year's Eve proper, I believe. We will be back to celebrate New Year's Eve with you. Uh, Christmas is about a week away, so Merry Christmas to a few if you celebrate it. Happy Hanukkah belatedly, and uh, happy holidays in general. From all of us here at Dissecting the 80s. Yes, happy holidays to you. We hope it's wonderful. Uh, see you in two weeks for a New Year's Eve special, Trading Places, which celebrates a major anniversary this year. I'm super excited to watch a really good movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a nice one to, to end on there. Uh, good one for the final episode of the year. Thank you again so much for listening. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until New Year's Eve. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum some of this production. Ow.